the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Hi, it's Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep, and this episode of the College Planning Edge was originally a broadcast, a live stream we do on our Facebook page every Monday morning called College Coffee Talk at facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep. In this episode, Pearl talked about visiting our daughter at the University of Michigan and what she experienced, and I threw in some snarky, sarcastic comments about some of the people from around Long Island and other of the New York metro area people who go to University of Michigan and I ragged on them a little bit. So um, hopefully you enjoy, hopefully you're not too offended. Everything was meant in the spirit of good fun. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. College Coffee Talk, Pearl and Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep. Hello, Pearl. Hi, Andy. Hello, everybody. Good morning. I promise not to say anything offensive so you don't slap me. Slap me. Was it a right? Was it a left? I know some of it was redacted. It was a right. It was a right. Okay. This is awkward because I'm not really coming from the audience or anything, but it wasn't really me. All right, let's just let's just go on. Okay. So every week we talk about college-related stuff, getting into college, paying for college, all sorts of related things. Why why should you even go to college? What do you want to get out of college? Um, you had a personal, I guess, mission journey, whatever, experience um, this past weekend with our own child as you went out to visit her in college. Yeah. And you, you were talking a lot about um, you know, what you think she's getting out of there. Um, I think it'd be instructive just to sort of, A, share some of that stuff, but B, um, describe a little bit about how she got there and advice um, that you think would be helpful for other parents and other kids as they are talking about making their, their college lists, what they should be looking for in a college, what they can do to thrive um, in in colleges, what they should stay away from, all sorts of stuff. So let's just kind of... Whoa, that's a lot to unpack, but uh, I'm going to give some of that a crack. That was so dramatic. <laughs> well... You know, that was Will off Smith the dramatic. heels of the Academy Awards, I'm feeling rather uh, dramatic. Not to mention March Madness. Not to mention, and the old Cinderella story that wasn't. Yes. Well, Cinderella went home. Cinderella went home. Yeah. Moment of silence for St. Pete's. Lots to and be proud of. Simultaneous sip. If you're joining us. All right, Pearl. So, what were your impressions overall? She was at University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, hanging out. Go ahead. Well, okay. Well, you know, uh, as can be expected, University of Michigan, go blue. Um, Please don't. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. From the minute we got on the airplane, which was, uh, had a peppering of uh, Michigan family members uh, heading to Detroit for various um, parent offerings this weekend. And the spirit 
was was felt of of the school from that moment before we even left New York. That's the truth. Um, there is this is not newsworthy, but a tremendous it's a shocking amount of pride in the school and school spirit and feeling of just beaming with pride to, to wear a, a yellow and <laughs> blue and yellow. It is, I know this is not novice, but it is probably to the nth degree. This is school spirit to the quintessential degree. If that is something that is important to you or by contrast um, to other schools, uh, you're really going to get a sense at a school like a Michigan by contrast to school that maybe does not have such school spirit, and I'll bring up here, not only was, was I visiting my in-college daughter, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, her path, um, but I, I was also fortunate to bring my younger daughter, who is um, really in the throes uh, at the very beginning of the active college process. She's an 11th grader, and um, was also taking a serious look at Michigan for herself as a consumer and so it was an interesting juxtaposition of somebody who was engaged in in the school already and what they were taking out of it and a prospect and what what was to be learned by her as she was now coming to this campus. Um, can I interject here? Sure. Harry, can I interject here? Yeah. Thank you. Entrants get a little lazy with the camera work here. <laughs> uh, so you and I each did not attend the school that was known for, for a particular uh, large amount of school spirit. You went I guess to not. You went I to mean, Cornell. I went to Wesleyan, a you know, much smaller school. How, how important do you think that is? Because I, I personally don't think that's too important, but I know a lot of people do. So what's your take? Having now been there and, and really, I think it's a really good sense. Uh, it gives a very good sense of belonging to those who are part of that population, which uh, not to get too deep here, but there people say of like teams, sports teams and religion and other groups. Cults. Cults. You know, but there's, there is a sense, the positives, the takeaways are you, you have a sense of belonging to something that's bigger than you. And sometimes that feeling is, is, can help propel one into a motivation or a feeling that's bigger than them that helps them um, want to be part of something bigger. Okay, so the flip side is the people who went to these schools, um, Ivy League also, and uh, and elite schools, who 40, 50 years later still, as you say, flicking their beanies. Flicking their beanies. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, uh, it's kind of annoying. Like I, you know, one of my, I think University of Michigan is a great school. I'm glad she's there. She's very happy. Yeah. She did get into uh, an Ivy League school. She got, she had some other great choices too. This this seems to be the, the best fit for her. Totally. One of my misgivings, you know, we're right here in Long Island, is all the douchebags who, uh, you know, live in like Roslyn and all the oh, other places who. That's not so nice. Um, they're not all that way, but um, we have family members who are not, um, and family members who are, but, but we have family members who are not who. Um, uh, who, who went there, and I know a lot of great, you know, people. But in general, it, it's you know, some some of them are so the, the whole gold blue thing and the you know, flying in their their jets to go back to the big house mm-hmm. and bragging about it for the for the football games yeah. and all that. I mean, I, I personally roll my eyes at that. But yep. but, in, but in, in Lizzie's um, case, 
you told me this this morning, most of her friends are not from uh, Long Island, New York. They're from the Midwest, you know, normal places, um, out of the country, one of them, California, so, uh, a few in the okay. Chicagoland area. True. Yeah. All true. And I'm beyond thrilled about that. Um, but I will, but the other side of what all that spirit and attachment to something bigger than you turns into is what do you think that means for the alumni association and the alumni yeah. who graduate from this place with such a sense of pride? I know somebody who, uh, has a big financial services firm who is a graduate of university of Michigan who yeah. won't, who, who actively seeks university of Michigan students and well. won't. Consider the valedictorian of Ohio State. So, is there no valedictorian at a college level? Summa cum laude, whatever. Someone who graduated Ohio State. <laughs> Anyone who graduated Ohio State. So there is... But that's annoying. It is annoying, but if you're part of that population, and and if arguably part of what one is paying for in a college education or, or to a college institution, and don't and if you don't know this, you should know this, is that alumni network of people that may assist yep. you to get a position that helps you get a return on that investment that you're making. No I, I get that the flicking of the beanie thing and the, oh my God, the obnoxious go blue. The other part of that is what that really offers. So, all right. So I had a conversation um, yesterday, actually, a rare Sunday conversation with clients. And we're talking about three different schools. So I'm curious to how you would rank them uh -huh. um, in terms of that, because I, I brought that up. The, the Party, alumni schools, network. or alumni? The okay. alumni network. Um, Penn State, she got in. Mm -hmm. Syracuse, she mm -hmm. got in. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, waitlisted at Wisconsin, which somehow is the school that she, now she wants to go to because of... They don't you know, want her. Any club yeah, that doesn't want me as a member, right? That's not really a... The Charlie Chaplin thing? So it was Groucho Marx, right. and he said, I wouldn't, he said I wouldn't want to belong to a club that would have me as a member. Exactly. Okay. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on those three schools? Which, in what order would I rank them? Any thoughts? I would say that without question in the same vein, maybe not to the extent that, but maybe I'm a little biased at the moment. Um, I would say that Syracuse, like Michigan, has an incredibly passionate alumni in terms of revere for their school um, and, and other Syracuse kids, students, become adults, hopefully. Um, and... She's so distracted. What? By, by this? <laughs> by your own words. <laughs> Syracuse, what were the other? Wisconsin and Penn State. And yeah. I would say Penn State, similar. Um, yes, that is something that is very... It is part of what you're getting out of a big institution that way that is known for its spirit and then thus its committed alumni, for sure. I think it matters. Um, how much does it matter? Is it the absolute deciding factor? Of course not. But it is, It is. if you're made, when, when, and I encourage you, um, when one is considering colleges and... I give some loose advice that I think uh, is probably relevant at this minute. But when you're a prospective student, and let's say I have a daughter who's in 11th at this point, but when one is foreseeing the schools, I recommend highly, highly for, for your mental health that you stay as relatively unattached to a particular school. 
Yes, you have to be completely attached to putting all of your best um, efforts forward, whether it's test prep or your your schoolwork, your your outside your outside activities. Everything, all of that matters, and you keep your pedal on on the gas as far as all of that. But in terms, when you're looking at schools before you've gotten into any schools, I. I implore you to have a sense of unattachment to the outcome until you have actual choices in front of you. But to that end, when you are looking, so how do you look at a school if you're sort of saying unattached? You are noticing things, you're going to immerse yourself in, in an institution and you will notice a school like a Penn State, a Wisconsin, a Syracuse, a Michigan that happens to have that incredibly strong school spirit when you're in, when you're visiting a school like that, get a feeling for what that looks like. What does that feel like? And then by contrast, if you're going to go see a Union, a Skidmore, a Williams, a smaller school, I mean, I'm picking on a couple schools that are not particularly known for school spirit, but, and I'm not saying it's bad, good, or otherwise, but when you are viewing those schools, again, unattached, but you want to get a feeling for its shapes and its sizes, its yeses, its noes. With each analysis, I recommend that you make a cost-benefit analysis as to these things. Notice this has this, it doesn't, without a commitment. I recommend once you are admitted, 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 admitted to these schools and you have your actual choices in front of you, at that point you do a deeper dive and you can, of course, become more attached to your choices but at that point, something like a school spirit matters, but then you're going to really see, well, what else is on my cost benefit analysis list? What are my pros and my cons? Is the fact that it's so big, am I going to get lost there? Am I going to be able to make my mark in a big place like that? That might be a negative, but uh, for instance, I was able to see this weekend, my, my younger daughter is interested in studying the classics, for, for instance. Um, my daughter is in a sorority, uh, so this was the parents' weekend, and that was um, something I, I went for. And my daughter's big sister in her sorority is a classics major, too, and she was telling my younger daughter that she has two different classes, one with nine people in it and one with two people in it at the University of Michigan. And I, we were shocked. But that's ridiculous. It's University of Michigan. It has 20,000 undergrads. Like, how could they possibly have a class? See, this is why you got to go. And you got to do a deep dive once you are admitted and really see, well, okay, this is a big school, but are there ways that a big school can feel smaller where I can get my hands around it? Or am I pursuing a major, uh, like a business major, where I'm going to be in predominantly hundreds of person uh lecture classes taught by GSAs, just learned that, uh, graduate school associates, graduate, I'm not even sure if I'm saying the right acronym definition, but teaching assistant is, is how I used to know it. Um, assistant. Assistant. Is that going to be your experience? So it might be. And again, here we have the same school where there would be two different considerations depending on what one was pursuing it either. So what's good for one may not be good for another. This is why you can't, don't look at what your neighbor's doing. It's not necessarily what's going to be best for you. Um, and when looking at a school, when you're going, I think it is extremely meaningful to, yeah, it, it matters to take a class, but I think by and large, uh, there are going to be the same business books that 
Michigan as there are, you know, across the country. Um, but are the people there your people on your level? How do you, how can you tell? Well, you know, might not be when you're sitting in the classroom, but it might be when you're going to the, the student union and you're in the, in the vortex of where kids study and you're seeing what kind of offerings there are. And that is going to be a better way to get a real sense of whether these are your types of people. And then, oh, I'm really kind of all over the place. Sorry, my flight was delayed. I got in late. So, okay. But so just to sum up, yeah. <clears throat> Syracuse, Penn State, are Wisconsin. the only schools that, that was my question. Consider. That was my question. No, I have to still order them. I don't have a, I don't, sorry. Right. I don't have But you feel program. similarly in terms of the yeah. alumni network and all that. Yes, that that so is I something said, that these schools happen to offer that it's not that these other places don't. It's just that these schools very much have this as, as something you would, you know, put on a checklist as a yes. You know, so I pointed out to our, our client, Pam, uh, who's a great kid. It's like, you know, not to be even more politically incorrect, but your, you know, your, your chances of getting an MRS degree might, might be a little bit better at, at, at Syracuse. Oh, gee. How, how would anyone find that offensive? I don't know. Um, the dad thought it was funny. I don't, I don't think she did. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, getting some good comments here. Gary Heller. Hello, Gary. University of Michigan, class of, what, 1942? Uh, obnoxious go blue duty bound to compel your daughter to transfer now she loves it She'll, she loves yeah. it and I'm tickled blue from the experience um, yeah. Gary also points out Holy Cross grads are uh, pretty passionate mm -hmm. Notre Dame I mean, look, I'm sorry I did not exhaust the list the Crusaders there are course. many yeah but so I, I think it can help you, know, you need to be the right kid to um, take advantage of, of stuff like that because yeah. I also hear you know, a lot, a lot of comments from people who went to Penn State, who went to Michigan, who went to some of the bigger schools with a, a notable uh, alumni network, who don't perceive that they're getting much help in terms of internships and all that, at least after freshman year and after sophomore year. Um, you still have to be a self-starter. You, you still have to, you know, you can't just sit there with a catcher's mitt and wait for job offers for sure. or internship offers to come back. Yeah. You've got to actually um, affirmatively seek that out. And, and... I think most of the time, no matter where you go to school, your internship opportunities are probably not going to come from that school um, as much as people would hope. You've got to you know, tap in your own uh, networks. Your parents need to tap in you know, to their networks, people they know. They've got to ask around. There's got to be more than just you know saying, oh, I'm going to a school that has uh, a rabid alumni following, therefore... Right. It's a um, but it does help. Right. I mean, I think I think most schools that are you know that are elite that have marketed their their cults, and I'm not saying that in a negative way because of course cult, not. Cults are very a, positive. Um, cult is just a it's actually a neutral word that can be used positively and negatively. So um, so I don't have a problem with the word. But um, Holy Cross, uh, you said Notre Dame, Ross College, mm -hmm. Villanova. I mean, these these are all schools that also um, have designed. Again, by, by, you know, they've engineered this yep. f um, because it, it helps them grow. They, they can solicit their alumni base for more and more donations. So mo most schools have a, a decent alumni network at, at, at bare bones, but some are so much 
you know, they're, they're like that on steroids, like Michigan. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I was blown away by the offerings. I have to tell you. I mean, just not just academically. But Ann Arbor. So. Ann Arbor. Whoa, have they have they got college down pat? Well, how, how would you how would you compare Ann Arbor to like Ithaca, where, you know, where you went to college? More, 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 um, and the entire city of Ann Arbor, which is a big city, um, is catered, is churning as a result of the University of Michigan, and it's bigger, and it's bigger altogether, but. It is vast. You could literally, uh, yeah, okay, so it's vast. There's a, a million restaurants, a million shops, a million buildings and majors and things to do and activities. I mean, we, every moment of the day, it was like, well, there's 10 different things we could be doing or not doing and everything in between. There's just not a moment. I mean, if uh, there's no shortage of offerings in every manner, shape, or form. Um, and that also goes with types of people you may want to get to know, like um, the types of kids. Uh, I, I could say this much even. My younger daughter had very preset ideas about what she thought Greek life was about and what a Susie sorority might be like or what, what every member of these sororities would be like. And then she was, she had her head spun around because it it didn't match up. Yes, that existed. The Suzy sorority existed. But here, this is such a big school. And there are, I think, 15 different sororities and however many fraternities we at this school. Me. No, I mean, I don't know exactly the number, but it's a lot. And um, I think my, my younger daughter was pleasantly surprised. I said, would you think that all these girls who were in this sorority would be in a sorority? And she was like, no. Never. So. Well, you also um, you had a much different sorority experience when, when you were in college, and I think yes. that sort of colored um, their imp impressions mm -hmm. of what you know being in, in Greek life was all about. I yep. personally had nothing to do with Greek life when I, when I was in school, and I, I I still don't look at it as, as favorably as, as a lot of people. Talk about cults, by the way. Yeah, that's a cult. But good, it definitely. Good, good, good operates to make a big school smaller. It, it has a structured social life for maybe those who want that. And, one, and there's and the mean girl aspect. There is the mean girl aspect. and Because um, when she was going through it, when mm -hmm. she was rushing, and here we, you know, we think of her as this you know, cute, blonde, little kid who's got you know, everything going on about her. She, yep. didn't, she didn't get into to the mean girl sororities. And, yeah, and, well, because she said, she said look, you were much more angry about it than uh, well, because I think was. she's the greatest person <laughs> right. on the planet. Right. But, uh, but it was you know, that just reinforced to me like everything that's bad about that's sororities. True. Is that's like true. Giving your personal like power over to these you know dumb girls or guys. If you actually nuts. do that, if you actually do that, thankfully our daughter, unique. I mean, thank gosh, she thank is. Gosh. Thank God that she is somewhat unique in this way that she has an amazing constitution she's incredibly self-possessed does not farm away her confidence or herself uh her identity to to anybody else um and and to that end she was not she was wanted to check it out i'm here i'm at the school it has a greek presence i will go through it but she was not going to suck up to anyone and she i think she had said some of those mean girl strikes they want to see that you're a carbon copy of them and they want to make sure that you're being and talking and acting and dressing like them. And she's like, yeah, I'm not down for all that. I'm going to go well, as is and okay. see how it shakes out. To be fair, 
She does dress like them. She does talk like them. <laughs> but she's, she's not going to kiss anyone's tochas. She's not mean. No, not at but all. They're all kind of, to me, they're much more similarities and differences. The kind of carbon copies between the sororities. Most of the kids, most of the girls who are from upper middle class, you know, backgrounds that go to, you know, competitive schools or, or private schools, they, they tend to all shop at the same. Okay, same I mean that's a bit simplistic. However, um, but I, I will point out that my daughter, thankfully, all of her closest friends are all either not in a Greek life at all. Or they're in a different house. And for her, she was like, I like the fact that I have these really, really close friends from here. And then she also had been involved in theater at Michigan. And she has those friends. And now she has a sorority, which are her other friends. And she, for, for her, and, and, and I encourage anyone out there to go about it this way, she said it's just more choice and more experience and more... For me to get to know and to avail myself of like anything else. And thankfully, that is the right attitude. And that is her attitude uh, with this. All right. Let me yes. let me read a few more comments here. Yes. Um, from Gary Heller. Uh, again, Michigan class of 1938. Uh, <laughs> Michigan grads love to talk about alumni connections, but I've never known anyone who actually got a job based on alumni, on an alumni connection. More chest thumping. My school is better than yours than anyone, anything else. Yeah. I mean, we do know people who are taking advantage of it, um, but yeah, I, I think it's not, it's it's not a level eleven mm -hmm. uh, alumni connection thing. Um, he says Miami, Ohio alumni network, extremely active and effective. Yeah. Sometimes the ones that are not that are not known yeah. for um, for having a huge alumni network and all that, they may try harder. It's like Avis. You know, mm -hmm. we're number two. We, yeah. we try harder. And, and you find that a lot of the smaller schools, too, like Amherst, Williams, and Wesleyan, you know, they don't have nearly the, the number of graduates that Michigan and Penn State do. Um, Claire Warner. Hi, Claire. Uh, big school, Greek life is crazy, but there is a sorority for everyone. Right. LSU is, is like that. What if you're a guy? Well, I guess there probably is a sorority if you're a guy. Um, and there is, and there's plenty, I, I don't want to overstate the Greek life thing either. There's also a whole world, and you could be a GDI, a goddamn independent, and then your life is fabulous and unfettered for not uh, joining the Greek life, too. There, what impressed me about Michigan, again, it's not novel, but and it's not my first trip there, but it there is just such an abundance of opportunity and choice that is available. Again, if you are the kid and you are the student and you take advantage of none of it, you could take advantage of none of it. And then the experience and the investment, and this is true of any school, is lost on you. So I encourage you to get your student into the mindset of you, you the student, you're in the driver's seat. And there are offerings at all of these schools, at, at, at all the schools that, is, that are going to be on your list in its entirety. So if you don't get into some of them, you get into others, I promise there is still an amazing amount of offering at whatever other schools on that list. Yeah, let me let me jump in on that one because this time of year, this is very important uh, information yeah. to, to think about because the final college notices are coming out yeah. and um, a lot of people are being crushed. Their hopes, dreams, and aspirations. Um, it's, it's been a very hard year for college admissions applications are way up compared to last year which was an all-time high which was higher than the previous year 
Um, there's a lot of decisions coming out that don't really, you know, quote unquote, make sense to people, but they really do. If you if you look at everything the colleges uh, that goes into the admissions decision, but um, I think there's this um, tendency toward feeling like you have to pick, you have to fall in love with the school and apply early decision in order to improve your chances of, of getting in, which, you know, so you look at the statistics it does. I think, I think Penn took 50% of its, um, I'm just reading this, 50% of their, um, of their class from early decision already. And a lot of schools are in the 40 to 60% range. But I think the reality that, that people don't think about is there are, there are more similarities than differences yeah. among these schools. And you can carve out a niche um, or be happy in other ways and, and meet basically the same types of kids and take the same classes, as Pearl said, same textbooks, um, really at most schools. And, so so and, don't and fall in love. Don't, don't artificially pigeonhole yourself into only loving one school and then... You know, letting all your hopes and dreams ride on that. Exactly. And please don't farm your self-worth away to any of these deciding institutions. It would be an incredible shame because they're often not judging you on all of your, your merits. You might and often do meet all of the qualifications of their admitted population, except there might be something about you that does not fit their agenda, there being the school's agenda in terms of a population of people they are trying to recruit. And there is not a thing on earth that you can do uh, to be in that population, you to know, be recruited, and therefore the statistics could be much more difficult for that individual to get into that school. So it would be a, a real crying shame for that student to feel less worthy or to feel... I understand it is utterly disappointing to not get in or be admitted this way. So a couple points. Number one, I'm um, talking about the kids, but double and parents. double comment for the moms. Yeah, uh, dads too, but more more than moms. Um, <laughs> don't don't farm out your self worth where your kid gets in and where your kid doesn't get in. Don't. Yeah. Um, you know the it, it's, it's such a, it's, it's a, it is a racket. You know these colleges. It doesn't just happen that kids lust after colleges and parents lust after colleges. Mm -hmm. Colleges are engineering this. So you have the scales, you know, pulled away from your eyes and you see what's really going on. Like, like we think we do and we, we hope that, uh, that you do from, from paying attention to us. Um, you'll see that it's a business and they, they know what it takes to build a cult and to play off insecurities mm -hmm. um, and to foster, you know, the whole alumni feeling of belonging and all that type of stuff. It's all, it's all classic stuff right so they're doing it to you so it doesn't just happen but don't farm out you know your feelings of self-worth like she was saying um to to institutions that are uh, doing this on purpose to you don't, don't let them right. do that to you and try to focus in on not what didn't happen but what your actual choices are and in that same breath you are the same constitution you the student individual if you the student goes to this university as opposed to this one you had hoped to get into are you really going to be worse off or are you as the student still in the driver's seat and in control of your own choices and destiny at that location and if arguably you are 
theoretically maybe a big fish at this school. Maybe, maybe this outcome might be even better. Maybe you have an opportunity for greater success. But you can't, um, and this is true in life, not just true um, in this particular instance. Yeah. Know who you are, know your worth, and decide, you know. the car you drive, not the house you live in. Right. Yep, decide, yeah, like, <laughs> these are, the, in the plus column, this is what this offer is. And, and this is a choice that is before me, and I'm grateful for this. And I'm going to take myself, the operator, the actor, and go there, and I'm going to either take full advantage of it or I'm not going to take advantage of it at all. And will it have mattered if that same student got into that desired school and they did nothing or everything? Is that going to be a difference of outcome? Of course it will. You, the actor, the operator, are in control of that. It is not about which school necessarily. All right, here is a, um, a great question that I think is on a lot of people's minds, but uh, a lot of people would be, I think, afraid to, um, to, say, to ask this question. This is from Gisela. If you are a type of student, such as your daughter, that are able to attend a top Ivy League school, how do you know you can be just as challenged in classes at a lower-ranked school, just like phrasing, mm-hmm. shorthand though, what do you do if a student is now at a school and not feeling challenged? You know, I, I think... Um, a lot of people go to Ivy League and, and top schools, and um, they're not necessarily challenged more than no. had they gone to uh, a lower ranked school, because often the quality of education at the lower yeah. ranked schools is, is a lot higher, better, because you don't have the graduate school um, students teaching yep. most of it, or the adjunct professors. You, a lot of times you have refugees from the, the top, in most elite schools, who, who don't like the fact that they can't teach you know, there's this whole um, sort of debate. Are, are the top schools in the country, is their education designed, or, or their product designed to um, to take kids and improve them and make them even, you know, higher achieving? Or are they in the business of, of uh, acquiring the high achieving kids? And it seems to be that the schools that are, you know, slightly lesser ranked, um, when they you know, do assessments and things like that, tend to do a lot better job at taking kids who are maybe underachieving or undervalued and helping them grow and become higher achieving and, and more productive. But at the at the high level schools, they're just starting at that high level. They don't really change. So there's a very strong argument that, that the quality of education is not going to be terrific at the super elite schools across the board. And I'm just, this is a gross generalization, but yeah. I, I read a lot about this. I think a lot about this stuff. Um, I think you can be challenged wherever you go. It's, it's, it's really about what you put into it and how you connect with your professors. And, and you'll, you'll find super smart people at any school that, that you go to. A lot mm-hmm. of times, um, kids do not go to uh, elite schools because of cost or because of other reasons. Um, you know, a lot of times, every year, this is, this is no exception, I'll have these conversations with kids about, you know, schools. So, you, know, you should also, instead of Har- only Harvard, you should also consider, you know, and then the retort I get usually is something like, well, I, you know, she didn't work that hard to go to a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'll say something like, well, you're getting a 60% off scholarship, merit scholarship. That's what you worked so hard for in, in order to do. And you will find other people who made the same choice. So you're not going to be the smartest one at the school. You're going to be lumped in with a lot of very similar people. So I don't I don't buy into the um, the higher the the rank the better the education at all I think no. I think it's the opposite in most cases and we know so many people 
Um, uh, our niece is married to a guy from Harvard, and he does not think that's the best school for him. I was just um, chatting back and forth uh, on Facebook mm-hmm. with um, a, a guy I went, I graduated high school with, who went to Harvard, and he was um, very critical of uh, of um, his experience there. And I remember out of the seven kids that went to Harvard from my uh, graduating high school class in, uh, in Newton, Massachusetts, two of them at the first reunion were really miserable. Um, mm-hmm. they, they hadn't gotten everything that they thought maybe they assumed they were going to get out of going to the, the, the cream of the crop. Exactly. Like, it, it's a strange thing. You could, you know, you're so heavily marketed to about, you know, the IVs. Oh, it's the best, it's the best. And then you could land there. And then you just, you know, you walk around and I go to Cornell, I go to Cornell, I go to Cornell, I go to Cornell, I go to Cornell. And then you like forget that you also have to like bring it, you know? Um, what your first week was like. <laughs> first four years. Yeah. Uh, there is a little bit of like unlearning that, that you can't walk around with your nose in the air like, okay, I've arrived because I got into this school and well, therefore my, my... drop the pencil. I don't got to do nothing else because, hey, I'm an Ivy Leaguer. My favorite, um, so true. one of my favorite Pearl stories from when she was going, <laughs> going around um, interviewing for jobs in between college and law school. You, you had a bunch of interviews with uh, advertising agencies and they'd say, oh, oh, you went to Cornell, huh? And, and you're like, yep. And then what was, their, what was their next question? How many words can you type a minute? I was like, what? Yeah. I, did you, I said Cornell. Yeah. So there, there's, at many places, there's a bias against hiring Ivy League grads because the, uh, you know, they think that, you know, what does not effect. Yeah. yeah. They're not willing to scrap and do the work the way a graduate from Baruch might. Well, a graduate from Michigan. I mean, for whatever it's worth, a lot of the Michigan kids are like Ivy casualties and they, they've got a fire in their belly. I, my niece is a terrific, terrific example of that. She applied early decision to Penn. We didn't make it any easier for her when she got rejected. We sent her, I think a basket full of like F pen, cookies or something that is easier <laughs> anyway she was very devastated and she a hundred percent had all of the qualifications to get in but luck of the draw she was the umpteenth kid from jericho that was applying there and whatever so she didn't get in and she was devastated for like a whole weekend uh, licked her little wounds she still has a chip on her shoulder decided <laughs> decided on michigan now went later. there kicked the ever-loving Toches out of Michigan when she was there, took advantage of every opportunity, kicked butt, ended up going to Georgetown Law School, and now she is a partner in a huge Manhattan law firm at the top of the heap, for reals. And she probably would have gotten there anyway, but she certainly didn't need Penn to do that. And... Well, Who knows what the fire in her belly would have been? Maybe she would have been slightly complacent when she got there. She wouldn't have been. It's no, not right. her character, yeah. right? But well, that's the point. You know, imagine where you finish, not not where you start. Correct. I think another that's telling right. telling thing is that um, a lot of um, people who uh, and professors actually who went to Ivy League schools, most of them don't send their kids who are qualified mm-hmm. to those same schools because right. of the stuff we're talking about: quality of education, the um, sort of entitlement, all that type of stuff. Yeah, there's less you have to do as an institution. You can rest on your laurels, you know, when you got that reputation. Perhaps. But all right, Pearl. Um, why don't we wrap up here? Do you have any any other closing comments? Things you wanted to say that I, I cut you off on or something? 
Um, I always have so much to say, but no, um, don't lose yourself. Don't give yourself away in this process. Remember who you are. Keep reminding yourself. Don't farm out your self-worth. All of these institutions have more than enough offerings than your student could ever avail him or herself of. So remember that as you go through this process. Yeah, there's, and there's no evidence um, through many studies that demonstrate that if you go to a certain type of school, you're going to be more successful than, sure. uh, than another type. It's really more about your own qualities, you. perseverance, all the cliche stuff. Yep, the script that you have running between here and here. How you get along with people, you know, emotional intelligence, show up for work right. on time, all that stuff. That's what matters. Personal responsibility, that, that's the main stuff. Yep. All right. Thanks for joining us this week on College Coffee Talk. We'll be back next week at 9 a.m. as we are every week. And if you have any questions about any of the controversial or non-controversial stuff that we talked about today, drop them right here on this page and we'll get to them. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits. Check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at LockwoodInnerCircle.com and use the coupon code podcast for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.